0: This is Preach Freedom by Alex Sumole. Let's get talking. Hello, everyone. This is Alex Somole with Preach Freedom, and I'm here today with Wayne Gibbs. Hello, Wayne. Hello, Pastor Alex. How are you? I'm doing great. Great to have you on the podcast. I know that you have had a lot of work to do with Compassion International and you have traveled around the world um with compassion international and i want to ask you a few questions on the subject as it relates to social justice and the pentecostal church so uh, my first question today is this do you consider yourself to be a devoted christian
1: well first of all uh thank you for the invitation and it's great to be here with you and to uh, and to uh, and, uh, answer any questions that you that you may have yes i i do consider myself to be a devoted christian and i've been a devoted Christian for over 40 years now.
0: All right. Wonderful. And can you just give us a quick background of your work with Compassion International?
1: Well, I I started working with Compassion International uh, approximately two years ago this past August. And uh, I am the senior manager of audit for the Latin America and the Caribbean region. Uh, And that means that uh, I oversee the Work with my boss to oversee the uh, the that uh, that um, uh, the audit activity. Sorry, I would say in twelve countries in Latin America.
0: Okay, in in your job with Compassion International, do you interface with churches? Um, I do um, interface
1: with churches from time to time. Um, they are the the partners we work with, and if I go to uh, different countries. I have the opportunity to visit uh, visit uh, some of the work that we do, and so you have an opportunity to interface with the, the church workers
0: there. Yes. Okay. And would you say a lot of them fall within the Pentecostal denomination or tradition? Um,
1: you have a mixture. Is it's, I, I would say that they are. By the way, I'm not a spokesperson for for uh, Compassion International. Um, uh, I would say they fall within the evangelical ranks
0: okay so um, in mixing with a lot of these churches, would you say that um, that they have had you know experience with social justice issues um, I
1: can't really I honestly I can't really speak to that. Um, um, Uh, with regard to the experience of the churches or Compassion, I can't really, I I can't speak to that. Uh, All
0: right. But apart from your work with Compassion International, I know you have been a member of Christian Life Center for a few years now. And Christian Life Center happens to be a Pentecostal church within the Assemblies of God, right?
1: uh, Yes, it is. And I've been with Christian Life Center for a little over 20 years now.
0: Well, wow. so you have been a Pentecostal adherent for over 20 years. Uh, yes, uh, in fact,
1: over 40 years. I've been
0: a Pentecostal. Yes. 40 years. So you've been Pentecostal for 40 years.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. It's hard to believe the time has gone by so
0: quickly. Yeah, you are as p- Pentecostal as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> for 40 years, being a adherent of a Pentecostal denomination. And that is great. Would you say that the Pentecostals in the United States have reacted positively to the racial tension of recent? Um, I, I uh, At least the circles that
1: I go in, I mean, everyone is, um, is concerned. Um, and like everyone, like everyone else, everyone's, it's, it's uh, everyone's at, is, is inquiring as to uh, you know, what's the reason for this. And, uh, and how best can this be dealt with? Um, so I think that's been the the general reactions from the folks that I've talked to in my in my
0: circle. Yeah, the general reaction to the issue with George Floyd and also the, the killing of black men, police brutality. Yeah. Would you say Pentecostals have reacted biblically, or to put it in another context, have reacted proactively yeah. to? These issues overall.
1: Well, I mean, there's always general sadness when uh, whenever uh, someone is, is killed or involved in violence. So I, I would say, from my standpoint, I mean, there's general there's general concern, the general sadness. Uh, there is concern about the country, and 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 it's really pushed a lot of people to really consider, you know, put more emphasis on praying for the country as well, praying for our leadership, and praying for the the things that are that are being manifested in our country at the moment.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's quite interesting, um, Wayne, that you stated um, prayer as a step in the right direction because a lot of the guests I've had on the podcast has said, you know, the church must respond by beginning first with prayer. You know, so it's a common thread that has run through a lot of the guests I've had on this podcast Overall, would you say that Pentecostals, the Pentecostal church, is equipped to address the social injustice in society? Um,
1: I probably need a little bit of a definition. And when you say equipped. Um,
0: uh, or to put it another way, would you say ministers in the Pentecostal denomination have what it takes to properly address the issues?
1: Well, I would say yes and no, um, because I mean there are so many different issues that you're you're, you're dealing with here. Um, when I look at the when I look at scripture, I mean the biblical call of a minister is really to equip others to be able with with scriptural knowledge to be able to navigate their way through this our our navigate through life. So in the sense that. Yeah, the ministers are equipped because, I mean, there are real issues here and there are people that are hurting. So they are equipped to minister to those people. Yes. Um, In terms of, um, uh, you know, the way I I look at it is, is, is from the standpoint of, you know, racism is sin. And just as you would preach against any any other sins, then it, it, this should also be part of your repertoire when you when you when you uh, when you minister when you preach. You you bring it to the attention of the people in your congregation, uh, and also if it's something that needs needs attention, you bring it to the attention of the the the, the people that are in government in, in your local area.
0: I like that you you actually made reference to the pulpit. If you are in a position of leadership, I know you are actually in some position of leadership because you coach um, school of discipleship in the cadres in CLC, so you are a coach. And if you are in a position of leadership in your local congregation and you felt that a particular action or incident society was unjust. Personally, would you address it from the pulpit? Uh, If I had the opportunity, um, yes, I would. Um, Well, how would you respond to people that would say, don't be all political on the pulpit?
1: Well, it's not being, I don't see it as being political. I mean, I, I, I see it. I mean, you know, social justice to me is a... Uh, to me, it's it's a byproduct of the gospel, um, and I say that in this way. It was not when I look at the scriptures. I mean, it wasn't the the, the main focus of Christ. Um, but if you love someone, then that love is going to motivate you to do to do the right things. And if you are aware that the right things are not being done, or someone is is being um, treated in, in an unfair manner, then that love will motivate you to help help that individual get beyond that um, that particular situation or to help address that situation in someone's life. So I see it that way. I don't see it really as a, uh, I mean, you know, with the love in our heart, that love that constrains it, 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 then will move us to see how we can help that individual, how we can help alleviate that situation that is existing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, it's quite interesting that you mentioned that because you know, even the core of our Christian faith is hinged on two commandments: love God and love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And just that alone speaks to social justice. And the, and the very premise of my dissertation, which this podcast is the artifact of, is that the mandate and the mission of Christ was to preach the gospel to the poor, to set the captives free, to to address the needs of the oppressed. And if the church is to follow the words of Jesus, then we ought to embrace social justice. And that's what the premise is. So your statement, the fact that you mentioned that social justice should be a byproduct of the gospel, goes to confirm the thesis of my dissertation. Mm -hmm. So um, to add to that question, this is another angle to it. You know, a lot of people that are of traditional biblical values, tend to think that social justice in our current day has underlining in itself some progressive ideologies. So that being said, they tend to shy away from today's social justice because they believe that the church engaging in social justice tends to uncover certain issues like the church's relationship with the Black Lives Matter, um, the Me Too movement, which some of these movements tend to emphasize LGBT rights and sexuality, which traditional um, biblical scholars tend to feel that the church should not really be engaged in because it deviates from our biblical values. Well, how would you say the church should respond to such issues? Because there's a tension there. Yeah.
1: Well, I. Uh, I mean, I would say, I mean historically the church to me has always been involved in, in dealing with issues that affect uh, the disadvantage of the poor uh, historically. They may not have been recognized for it, um, but they have been in, at some level, um, not all, but at some level. Um, the way I, 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 with regard to the, 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 the involvement of individuals who have um, progressive ideas, I mean, you you you're always going to have individuals or groups that have different motives or agendas. Um, and you need to be aware of that and as well as be careful about that as well. Um, because the association or could impact your testimony and what you're trying to do, what you're trying to, uh, to achieve. Um, The other part of that too is, you know, with the involvement of other, other groups, you know, I always like to look at, I always like to say, okay, what's the solution? What are they proposing? What's the solution that's being proposed? Is this a workable solution? Is that an acceptable solution? Or are they just involved just to, um, to stir everyone's emotions and then knowing that these expectations are unrealistic or impractical? What is the solution here? Yeah. So I, yeah. I, so, with, so with that said, I think you know you have to be careful with whom you associate. Um, but that does not take away from the the love, the concern that we have, and the voice that we should have.
0: Yeah. So you know, I uh, I think you know, it's it's quite interesting that I say that because the idea of the church's association with such groups. Can then, you know, paint the church as supporting these ideas. So that's one of the reasons a lot of churches just avoid social justice altogether. You know, my dissertation centers on three core issues because I, I realized from the onset that social justice in itself is a very broad subject. And so my dissertation then focuses on three core areas, which is. Freedom for the poor, care for the community, and justice for the oppressed. Mm -hmm. In your opinion, in these three areas, what ideas can you suggest for South Florida Pentecostal churches to become effective in social justice in these core areas? So, and the core areas I mentioned were freedom for the poor, care for the community, justice for the oppressed. So any any area could you could just jump on any area at all.
1: Okay, so it's freedom for the freedom for, for the oppressed, um, care for the the poor, and uh, what's the last one again? Forgive me.
0: Yeah. So freedom for the poor, mm-hmm. care for the community, and justice for the oppressed. Yeah. Now you mentioned one earlier on, which was caring for the community and caring for the poor. Mm-hmm. So I believe that you know. In addition to caring for the poor, the church should be involved in caring for the community, as well as fighting for justice for the oppressed. Well, I mean,
1: I would probably take a different approach uh, on that. Uh, You know, I I believe that, I mean, the issues that we're facing are heart related issues. Um, And the primary responsibility of the church is is to preach the gospel. And to preach the gospel in an uncompromising manner and with the love of the love and the, the love and, of Christ. Uh, when you do that, I mean, because the, when you look at it, the center of the issue is the heart of man that needs to be changed. Yeah? So true. Um, and you can, if you, if you if you get that out of balance, you can go do all that you can in the community, and it's not going to mean anything. Um, so it's us preaching the gospel and demonstrating the love of Christ in the community. And uh, we talk about the church and that's, that's that's just not an institutional thing, that's for all of us, that we are in the community and we demonstrate the love of Christ and, and we care for our neighbor, and we do what we can, touch whoever we can. Uh, and yes, I mean, the, the church, if, if the church is active, it should be involved in the community in, in, in some way. Um, uh, trying to contribute, so I, I think that um, it, you know, how the church gets in there. It's, a, it's. I mean, this is a different age. If we're do, uh, different things. I mean, you have to be accepted first of all. Um, uh, yeah, I think the other, the other issue that we need to understand is understand what are some of the root issues within and the greatest need within our community. Uh, and then, part of that is as a lot of a lot of churches are doing, is then try to coordinate the needs with some of the the, the resources that we may have within our congregations uh, to address some of the root, the root uh, or the, the the greatest needs within our communities. Uh, and each community is different, so it behooves the church to go out and understand the community, see what the, where the needs are, and try to address those using the resources that they have available.
0: All right. So the church must be aware of the needs in the community. Mm-hmm. I think that's very crucial because you cannot address what you have no knowledge of. Yeah. Well, that's so true.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the people that come to the that that your congregation—they're part of that community—and you need to understand the context in which they live
0: as well. That's true. Defining the context. So, how do you think a local church in South Florida can identify its context? Well, I mean, I I can't
1: speak for the local church, but I can give some ideas. I mean, part of that is, uh, and and you know, as a a pastor, is is talking to your, getting to know the people in your congregation. Um, Go into those communities. Observe what's going around, what's going on. Um, I mean, you can if there. Are, if there are council meetings. Maybe you can go to the council meetings to understand some of the the, the great the, the issues of the community. And just just it, it's it's one of the things you do when you you know when you ever you take over a an organization or a company or a department that you try to understand the terrain that you're operating in.
0: Yeah, I remember a pastor once told me that every pastor should be part of its chamber of commerce yeah. in its city. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's,
1: that's a good idea as well. Yeah. yeah. Because you want to be somewhere where you, can, you have access to information, meaningful information that can help you to understand what's going on. What's the pulse of your community?
0: I like that. Check the pulse. It's like going to a doctor's office. And the first thing the doctor does is to do a, a complete checkup.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Nobody lo- lo- loves going on those scales, but you have to get the measurement, right? That's and right. So yeah. every church should actually check the pulse of the society.
1: Yeah. And then he starts poking things in your mouth and your ears and everything else, and that can be a little uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you, know, you going in that people are going to accept you with open arms, but you just have to be. They have. You have to be committed and show the love of Christ and and, uh, and the Lord has put you in that community for a reason.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And a lot of churches are oblivious as to what's happening around them because they are just stuck within the four walls of their own church.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's. Um, they don't know what to do. Um, they're frustrated, um, and sometimes you know. We tell ourselves, oh, nobody, we're not going to, we can't make a difference. You know, nobody, you know, we don't have the skill sets. We don't have the ability to do this. And so we just wait for someone else to come along and either we jump in the bandwagon or they tell us or we send them.
0: Yeah. Wayne Gibbs, thank you so much for, for, you know, being on the podcast today. Such a rich information that the church to realize that social justice is a byproduct of the gospel and that also the church must be aware of what's going on in the society. So thank you for that insight and thank you for that wisdom. And thank you for being on the podcast today.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me. I enjoyed the discussion and uh, wish you the very best with everything that you're doing.
0: Thank you so much. God bless. So dear listeners, thank you so much for listening in on the podcast today. If you were blessed and you learned or you have any questions, please don't hesitate to write us. But meanwhile, subscribe. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe.